Before we jump into our new sermon series, I just want to make a few quick announcements. First of all, um, the church offers a, a scholarship to Vanguard for the children, the sons or daughters of church members. And so if you wanted to apply for that scholarship, please do so this week. It was emailed to all the members, but if you would like a hard copy, you can get it from the church office as well. Just wanted you to be aware of that. We'll be uh, uh, fulfilling that pretty soon. Well, I don't know about you, but I never dreamed in my lifetime that we'd see the end of Roe versus Wade. Wow. Do you realize Christians have been praying for 50 years? And it's prayer. I mean, you know, the faithfulness of prayer, even if it's 50 years, this has been a stronghold that has come down like nothing we have ever seen. But I also believe the gates of hell will be unleashed. And so we must be vigilant as Christians. And I just, uh, we're going to pray about this tonight, and I, I, my message will address this next Sunday for July 4th weekend. But I, I believe tonight, or this morning, that we need to give God thanks. This is amazing. And so would you stand with me and let's seal this in prayer and believe God that it's just the beginning of revival. It's just the beginning of a turn of heart, but we also need to pray for protection and for those that are in danger and churches as well as pregnancy centers. We support our pregnancy center right here in Bakersfield. So we need to be vigilant in prayer. We, we shouldn't let off the gas. We need to remain vigilant. Let's go before the Lord. God, thank you. Wow, Lord, we prayed and we shouldn't be surprised that you answered, Lord, even if it took 50 years. God, we know that ultimately you are in control. And so, Lord, we just pray for the unborn right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray for those that are deceived, God, that, uh, that do not believe life begins at conception, Lord. For those that are truly just blinded spiritually, God, but God, we want to give you praise this day. We want to give you glory this day. You have answered from on high. And Lord, I just pray that we would continue to seek your face, Lord, because this is not over. And Lord, we pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But Lord, sweep over this land, sweep over this world. A great revival. May there be an awakening like we've never seen before. A last day's awakening. But God, we give you glory because you have answered prayer. Lord, we give you praise we give you honor that's due your holy name, God. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to guide us from here on out. Protect us, Lord. Protect the leaders of the Supreme Court, Lord. Protect those who are our political leaders who support life. Lord, we just ask for your favor to rest on them, to keep them, and to carry them, Lord. We come against this darkness in the name of Jesus. We come against this evil in the name of Jesus. There is no power greater than the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So God, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you honor. And Lord, we just ask for your mercy on us. And may we be a church, Lord, that proclaims your truth with boldness, Lord, that stands for life with boldness, God. We will not fear. We will not give in, Lord. And God, I just pray that even those that are blinded, Lord, that you'd open their eyes. Lord, those that are deceived, God, make it clear to them, God, we don't want them destroyed. We want them saved, Lord, in the name of Jesus. 
And so, Father, I just pray that all those that are against life, God, that you would convict their hearts by the Holy Spirit. Lord, may there be such a turnaround, such a change, Lord, because of this momentous event, Lord, world-changing event, Lord, in our nation's history especially. And so, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. God, show us how to, how to respond, Lord, how to follow this out, Lord. God, we want to be your people. We want to protect the unborn, Lord, the most innocent of all, the most innocent of all, Lord. And so, Father, I thank you that you have shown in your word that you knew us before we were even formed in the womb, Lord, and you've put before us to choose life or choose death, and we choose life. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. I feel very strongly God has given me a new sermon series. I, I was blessed by Isaiah 6. We spent some time there and challenged by that. And as I was preparing for what is ahead, I really believe the Lord laid this on my heart. I hope all my sermons the Lord lays on my heart. But there are, there are times where I sense a greater anointing or a greater urgency or a greater passion for certain messages. And I believe this is one. And this series is important for us to understand as well. Look at Matthew 6, 25. Jesus is speaking. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Drop down to verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. Amen. My first point is this. Number one, believers are to be seekers. As a believer in Jesus Christ, it is upon you to seek certain things, certainly to seek the Lord. And the word seek is used multiple times in multiple ways in both the Old and New Testaments. This is an interesting word. We don't use it a lot in today's vernacular, the word seek, unless you were a kid and played hide and seek. That's probably the only thing we know about it. But this word seek figures prominently in the scriptures. It means more than just to go looking for something. There's a, there's a deeper spiritual connotation to the word seek. Seeking is an integral part of being a believer in Christ. And so what does this all-important word mean? In the New Testament, it is the Greek word zeteo. And let me define it for you. It means to strive after, to desire, to look for, to strive to find, to try again, to, to gain, to aim for, to inquire, to ask, to investigate, to study, to consider. To seek in order to find something out by thinking, meditating, and reasoning. Wow, that is a mouthful of a definition, but it's not just hide and seek. It's not just looking for something. It carries all that depth, all that connotation. And this is what God's called you and me to be. We are to be people who strive after God, to desire and to look for the Lord, to strive to find, to gain. These are all things God has called us to do. This same Greek word is used in Acts 17, 27, which says God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. And I'm going to be going through different scriptures in both the New and the Old Testaments that have this amazing word, Zeteo, this amazing word to seek. 
And so not only are we to seek certain things, number two, we are to seek with the proper priority. It matters what you're seeking after, and it matters what your priorities are when you seek. As I mentioned, seeking is prolific in both the Old and New Testaments. Look at it in Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Now this is an interesting scripture. Seek the Lord while he can be found. Certainly we can find God all the time, everywhere. He's always available. But there are times when God's presence becomes especially clear. And there's an anointing of the Holy Spirit and there's there's a season God has. And there is a time to really seek the Lord. We should be seeking the Lord at all times. But there is an appointed time where we see in our lives and in our hearts and in our church... This is the time to seek the Lord, and I believe this is true for Bakersfield First Assembly. This is the time to find the Lord, to seek the Lord while he may be found, because there may be a day where it's too late. We need to seek the Lord now, not when things are falling apart or have already happened, but to seek him now. There is a priority of importance, and there is a priority of timing There are things and individuals we are commanded to seek after in a certain order, in a certain time. We can seek the right thing at the wrong time. But if we seek properly, we will find properly. Seeking the right things at the right times is a key to spiritual, mental, emotional, and even physical health and well-being. There's something about our seeking that affects our life. What we are looking after, what we are searching for, what we are striving for, that will affect yourself. Our priorities will affect our life for the good or the bad. We can have the right things out of order. God cares about timing. He cares about setting priorities and us following him carefully. And so now is a season to seek the Lord like you have never sought the Lord before. I believe I can prophesy that over this church and over you. Now is the time to seek the Lord while he may be found. I really believe part of our struggle emotionally and mentally and and physically and even spiritually, part of our struggle is what we're seeking, what we're pursuing, what we're going after. Some are in angst and anguish because of what they are looking for, what they're striving for, what they're following after. Seeking the right things at the right times is a key to this health and well-being. Seek first indicates setting priorities and doing first things first. So Jesus says these two words, seek first. He's establishing the priority of what we're supposed to be searching after. There are many things we are to seek, and we're going to find that out in the next few weeks. There are many things we're to seek, but there is a, there is a certain thing we are to seek first. Seek ye first these things. In the UBS New Testament handbook, it says, the text says you are to seek God's kingdom first. That is above all else. In other words, God's kingdom should be your primary concern or the thing you should be concerned with before anything else. 
I get it. We all have a life to live. We're here on this earth. We got to work. We got to raise kids. We got to love on grandkids. I mean, there's, there's, that's part of life. But I also believe that we are to seek first God's kingdom. And we're going we're gonna to discover what that means. How do you put the kingdom of God first? What is, how does it translate into everyday life? Do we have to read our Bible 24 hours a day? Is that what it means? I don't think so. But how many know we can be in his presence 24 hours a day? But there are certain steps. There are certain things we are to seek after. And if we're seeking after the wrong things, it will affect how we feel. It will affect our state of mind. It's so important that we keep the priorities where the Lord has us keep them. In fact, seeking after the wrong things can actually have a negative effect on your life, your relationships, and your walk with the Lord. Look at number three. What we seek determines how much we worry. What you're seeking after will determine what you worry about. Based on this passage, seeking and worrying are intrinsically connected but mutually exclusive. In other words, there is a, there is a, a reaction. If we're seeking the wrong things, there is a reaction. And that reaction is worry. If we're seeking the wrong things, the wrong individuals, it will result in worry. And worry is an effort on our part to control our lives and our circumstances. And I'm going to dig into this as well because I want us to really see this. This passage starts off by Jesus saying, do not worry. Doesn't that sound like a commandment? Do not commit adultery, you know, do not. And while it may not carry the same consequences, it certainly can affect your life. Jesus says, do not worry, and he says it for our sake, for our benefit. I want you to know that Jesus wants you to have a great life, an abundant life, he said, a life that overflows. That's the kind of life Jesus has for us. Yes, there will be trouble. Yes, there will be difficulty, but we can add to the trouble by how we respond and what we seek after. And so I want us to begin to understand, and this really challenged me, if I'm worrying it's a problem with what I'm seeking. There is a connection there. And you cannot seek first the kingdom and worry at the same time. They're mutually exclusive in that regard. And so if you struggle with worry, if you've been dealing with anxiety, if you've wrestled with fear, I'm here to tell you it has to do what we're seeking after. Because if we seek First, the kingdom and his righteousness. Worry will have no place in our life. We will not be afraid. And I know, I know what I'm talking about. If we are seeking, we won't be worrying because worry is the product of wrong priorities. Let me say that again. Maybe you want to write this down. Worry is the product of wrong priorities. Things are out of line in our lives. And that causes us to worry. Now, you know I love word studies. I love to look in the original language, the Greek, in the New Testament, the Hebrew, and the Old Testament. So the word worry is mentioned often in the New Testament. Let's define it, shall we? Merimnao is the Greek word. Say that three times fast. Means anxious care. 
troubled, to think earnestly upon, to be cumbered with many cares, to have an anxious concern based on apprehension about possible danger or misfortune. Many times our worry is about things that may or may not ever happen. It's imagined. We have, we are, we have apprehension about possible danger or misfortune. Worry means to have a distracting care. I mean, you know, worry distracts you from what life wants to give you and what you need to do. Worry can be this huge distraction. And I, you say, does God really care about our emotional and mental health? Absolutely. And if God didn't care about this, and if God, God knew we would struggle with worry because it's mentioned so often in Scripture, Old and New Testament, God knows that we're frail and that we needed this. Worry means perpetually uneasy. Boy, that is a great two-word de definition. Perpetually uneasy. Always afraid the worst thing's going to happen, something bad's going to happen, and it can literally paralyze us. So we can't do anything. Now listen to this. Worry and anxiety are killing us little by little by a thousand cuts. It really does affect us physically, but it's more than that. I love this statement. Check this out. Warren Wearsby commentary. Someone has said that the average person is crucifying himself between two thieves. The regrets of yesterday and the worries about tomorrow. Boy, isn't that a powerful... We are crucifying ourselves between two thieves. The regrets of the past and the worries about the future. Boy, that is a statement. Worry is not only harmful, but unchecked and habitual worry can affect us spiritually. Now, you know the parable of the sower, where Jesus said the sower threw out seed on, on the hard path, on thorny soil, on rocky soil, and on good soil. And that represents the seed is the seed of the word. And when the seed gave, started to grow, that's new life in Christ. And yet something happens depending on where the seed is sown. And so look at Mark 4, 18 and 19. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word. But the what? Worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So many believers are unfruitful. Yes, they're Christians. Yes, they're going to heaven. But they're unfruitful because they're choked. They're being choked by the worries of life. They're, be they're being choked by wanting the wrong things. Whether hope deferred makes the heart sick, the, sick, the Bible says, Proverbs says. We want things that we're not supposed to have. And it's creating this angst in our lives. And we think we have to have it, but it's only creating more concern and dread. And so if we can want the right things at the right time, according to God, then we can find the peace of mind we're looking for. Worry is the result of seeking wrong things or seeking right things in the wrong order. The key in overcoming fear, worry, and anxiety is to occupy your time seeking the right things at the right time. If we are to overcome this, 
There are two things we must seek above all other things. Two things. Look at my middle finger there. It's crooked. I know everybody's looking at the crooked middle finger. There's a story behind it. Do I have time to go there? Well, let's wander off into it. I loved, you know, there are certain sports I was, I was okay at, and then there are certain sports I wasn't good at. I know you're shocked, but basketball wasn't my best sport. I know it stuns you. But another one was baseball. I loved basketball and baseball. And so when I was in college, we, we had a church team in a city league, and it was like a, a B league, which is way up there. I, didn't, I had no business belonging in a B league softball team, that's for sure. I know some people in this church played fast pitch softball. I take my hat off to you. My goodness, this church is full of baseball players. Well, I came running up and the coach told me to go play second base. I am not an infielder. I am able to, t I can perfectly time to catch a grounder with my mouth. That's usually not my glove, but with my face. And so I said, second base, I need to be out in the outfield, you know, where nobody can find me or see me. Especially right field where most people can't hit toward. But I was on second base and guy got up to bat, hit a line drive right at me. And he was batting left-handed and so he had a spin on the ball and I went to catch it with my glove hand but the ball was curving and so I tried to catch it with my bare hand. That's smart. And that's why the finger's crooked. I broke it, it went completely sideways, I had to pop it back in. I didn't have insurance, so that's the way it is. Bless God. Peace. Crooked peace. It's a better story than what you were thinking it was, I'm sure. So, two things. You thought I was lost. Two things. We, our highest priority is to seek the kingdom of God. Our highest priority is to seek his righteousness. If you are righteous, you will not worry. And I know we're all declared righteous when we come to Christ, but we also grow in righteousness. And I'm wanting you to understand, by walking in obedience, by worshiping the Lord, by doing the things we do, reading his word, that helps us grow in righteousness. And the more you grow in righteousness, the less you will grow in weary. The more you seek God's kingdom, God's priorities, and less of our own. I mean, you know, we, we have our own kingdoms. We have our own ideas and our own desires and demands. But when we shift from seeking first our kingdom and start seeking first his kingdom, there is something amazing that happens in our hearts. And so what does it mean to seek first the kingdom? What exactly does it mean to seek the righteousness of God? Well, here's the clue in the UBS New Testament handbook. In summary, it may be recalled that the kingdom of God refers primarily to God's kingly rule. While righteousness is, doing, is the doing of what God requires and what pleases him. And so there's the kingdom. Jesus came to bring a new kingdom. He sat on the throne of David forever. And it wasn't a literal throne. The kingdom of God is spiritual right now. Someday it will be physical. Jesus will literally rule and reign on this earth. But in the meantime, the kingdom of God is spiritual. 
So look at Luke 17, 20. Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is and there, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. So are you seeking first that kingdom? What exactly does that mean? What does it mean to seek his righteousness? That's what we're going to discover. That's what we're going to unpack. It has been said that you know what a preacher is going through by the subject of his sermons. That is somewhat true in this case. I will be studying, learning, and applying God's word along with you. Is that okay? I tell you, I've come a long way with worry, but i got a long way to go. And so I look forward to taking this journey with you. If you struggle with worry or any kind of anxiety or fear or dread, any of those emotions, we're going to take this journey together. But when I'm done preaching about worry, I'm going to preach on prosperity. I'm just kidding. We know the truth. Sometimes we just have difficulty applying it in our, our everyday lives, especially because we've developed bad habits from the world. And the only way we overcome those bad habits is with good habits. Therefore, number five, and I close with this, if we don't seek our wants, God will meet our needs. Now, there's nothing wrong with wanting certain things. There are some things we cannot want because we cannot have. But God not, is not against giving us our wants. There are many things God has given me that I didn't necessarily need, but it blessed my heart to receive. The problem is our wants outweigh our needs. Our wants are in a too high of a priority toward seeking the kingdom and his righteousness. You see, we need to seek God's kingdom and not our wants with the fervor or the highest priority in our lives. Look at the believer's Bible commentary. The Lord, therefore, makes a covenant with his followers. He says, in effect, if you will put God's interests first in your life, I will guarantee your future needs. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then I will see that you never lack the necessity of, of life. Wow, what a promise. And we're going to break this passage down. You know, Jesus says, don't worry about what you wear or what you're going to eat. Can you imagine living that kind of freedom where you didn't worry about things? You didn't have to worry about your bills. You didn't worry about your health. Can you imagine the freedom you would have in your life? Our, so much of our life is consumed with worry. And we're not just going to be dealing with the subject of worry because the Bible says we're to seek some other things as well in priority. But we're going to address the worry issue for a time. Now remember when we study scripture, we have to know the context. That means we need to know the verses before the passage and the verses after. We also need to know what it meant in that culture. What it meant in the original languages. And so our passage of do not worry, we need to read the verse right before it. Here it is. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and to despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Wow. Let me say this. A wrong understanding about money will result in worry. 
Worry is the product of a wrong perspective on money. And the Bible talks so much about money because the Lord, again, knew it would be our struggle. So if the Bible talks about it, we should study it. Now, this is what's amazing. If we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, all these things will be added to us as well. What are all those things? Oh, we're going to get into it. If we'll seek his kingdom, this is what he'll give. Look at this final quote from the Believer's Bible Commentary. This is God's social security program. The believer's responsibility is to live for the Lord, trusting God for the future with unshakable confidence that he will provide. One's job is simply a means of providing for current needs. That's what your job is. Everything above this is invested in the work of the Lord. We are called to live one day at a time. Tomorrow can worry about its own things. So yeah, we have a life to live. We have a job to go to. There's nothing wrong with saving up. There's nothing wrong with, with uh, you know, living properly and, and living within our means. All that is important. But a, that's all just temporary stuff. Our jobs, our lives here, that's all just temporary stuff. But there is the kingdom of God that will last forever with streets of gold, mansions of glory. So we need to seek that kingdom. And if we seek that kingdom, and if we strive to walk in God's righteousness, not self-righteousness, we'll talk about that, but God-righteousness, then we won't have to worry about a thing. We can have a carefree life. And that's what God wants for his children. Would you bow your heads with me today? With every eye closed, I just want to ask this question for my sake. If you are struggling with worry or you've had a habit of worry or fear or anxiety or any dread, would you just slip up your hand? Because I want to pray for you. Yes. Yes, all over the sanctuary. You can put your hands down. Lord Jesus, you've seen these hands, Lord. That's the first step of seeking first your kingdom is to say, God, help us. Help us with this worry, this fear, this dread. Teach us to seek after the right things because we know if we seek after what you've told us to seek after, we will have your kingdom and its benefits in our life. The peace of mind, Lord. The joy of the Holy Spirit. These are the things you have for us Lord, if we will only seek first your kingdom, teach us what that means. Show us how to live it in our everyday life. In Jesus' name. We're going to close the service at this time. And if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to come forward. We'll have elders and board members and pastors up here. And if you've never given your life to Christ, or if you have, but you know you fell away and you want to be right with God, it's time to be right with God. Look at what's going on in the world. Like, this is insane. And so I just want to encourage you. God loves you so much. He wants to give you a new and better life. 
and, he give, and to give you eternal life in heaven. And so if you're ready to receive the Lord, when we dismiss, other people will be making their way down to the front. I just encourage you to come and wait in line and just tell whoever's there to pray, I want to become a Christian. And they'll show you how. Would you stand with me? Remember, let's keep our conversation to the foyer because there are people here in prayer and worship. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.